If you have a Bible, want to turn to James 3. We're going to be in James 3, starting at verse 13, to get us going this morning. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, natural, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure, It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. I like that, plant seeds of peace, reap reap a harvest of righteousness. So I'm going to ask a lot of questions this morning that I want you to think about because we live in a world where we're enamored with what we perceive as success. And so often, I think we need to ask ourselves, is that really successful? So to start with, I want you to consider whether you are a person of character or you are a character. Um, whether you're a wise person or a wise guy. And as we look at wisdom in James, which is really, it's mapped out beautifully for us. There's, there's two kinds of wisdom. There's godly wisdom and there's worldly wisdom. And as an overflow of that, I think we can also see that there's godly success and there's worldly success that flows out of those kinds of wisdom and and I want us to wrestle with you know as I've been looking at uh, probably uh, agonizing uh, like some of you are over the beginning of you know moving towards the presidential primaries and and everything that we're going to have to endure over the next months with seemingly successful people beating up one another so so you like them better than the other person um, we have to ask ourselves what what makes individuals individuals that we would want to lead us that we consider successful and, and wise individuals um, individuals like Solomon who prayed to God and said God give me a listening heart Help me to hear you so that I can lead this people of yours. I mean, wouldn't it be incredible to have that kind of leaders? Uh, Both politicians and business leaders, community leaders in our country. But I want us to start with ourselves. But some more questions. To get you thinking, can a person be successful or savvy or a wise politician and at the same time be unfaithful to their spouse 
Well, you didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> Think about it. Can, can somebody wisely lead, whether it's our city or our county or our state or our country, and at the same time their personal life be in shambles? Now, I think the answer is, well, of course they can. It just depends on what kind of wisdom you're talking about. Can a, can a person be an, a dishonest business person and still considered successful? Of course, certainly. It happens all the time. I mean, people that have built huge companies that are extremely successful and yet their lives are in shambles and they treat their employees like, well, I was going to say, uh, um, terribly. It's <laughs> a better word. Um, it, it just depends on what we consider success. Um, so I want us to think, what part should character play in the life of a leader? Does morality matter? This is the serious question. Have we reduced the qualifications of leaders that we are looking to um, to what they will do for us versus those who will do what is best and right? I think that's a lot of where it comes down to as we wrestle with godly wisdom versus worldly wisdom, godly success versus worldly success. We have to ask ourselves, I think it comes back to us. A lot of times, not only in our own lives, what we consider what is wise and successful, but but what we want. I think so often we're happy for worldly wisdom and worldly success because we just want what we want. What makes us happy and what, what pleases us versus what really is best and right. I wonder if we've reduced wisdom or cleverness to someone who can put knowledge into practical use. And a a lot of times that's what we consider wisdom. It's knowledge that is put into practical use. If we've reduced wisdom or cleverness or success to someone who can turn a $100 investment into millions of dollars of personal wealth, and we'll say that person's successful. They're clever, despite at the same time being a jerk or being under investigation for fraud versus someone of character who can put knowledge into practical use by building a company or building a life that is rooted in character and reveals itself in the blessing that it is to others. So as a result, I think what we end up with is a lot of people who are in our world, and maybe it's some of us who are characters instead of people of character, who are wise guys instead of wise people. Godly wisdom is not being clever at getting what we want. Godly wisdom is not conduct separated from character. 
I'm going to try and summarize it here as we as then we're going to look into James here. Godly wisdom comes from above and is rooted in genuine selfless character resulting in righteous conduct that blesses other people. That's that's wisdom, godly wisdom. So it starts with God's truth, God's truth that impacts my character, who I am, and then overflows in my conduct in such a way that it will bless other people. It won't use other people in order to become a success, but it will bless other people (coughs) as it's successful. Do you want to live a life that demonstrates God's wisdom? It's hard because I think one of the things that is easy for us to do is it's easy for us to to segregate our lives. So we, you know, when we're here on Sunday or we're at a Bible study or community group or we're spending, you know, maybe personal time with the Lord, we think of that as our spiritual time. But then we go to work and then, I mean, it's the dog-eat-dog world, right? Or we go to school where all the peer pressure is or we... We're, we're out there, and, and we switch gears. And instead of thinking in terms of godly wisdom and godly success and, and God's principles and God's truth, we shift and we become these individuals that just function like everybody else functions. And so in reality, we talk about God's truth, but, it, but out in the real world, we, we shift gears and we become these individuals who are just functioning like everybody else functions in order to become what we think we want to become. Godly wisdom. You know, as we come in, if you want to look at James 3 again, as we come, we're going to look at it. It starts out in verses 13 and, and 14 by kind of introducing the two kinds of wisdom. And, and it's really, it's powerful. First, it says, if you're wise and understand God's ways, you understand godly wisdom. It says, prove it by living an honorable life. I like that word honorable. It's like a judge walks in your honor. It's someone that you look up to. It says, prove your godly wisdom by living an honorable life, a life that people would look up to, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. So that's godly wisdom. It says, if you have godly wisdom, demonstrate it, show it by a humility of conduct that overflows in deeds that will bless other people. That's godly wisdom. On the other hand, it says, but if you are bitterly jealous, if you're a jealous person and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth. And I think it's, it's uh, don't cover up the truth about the kind of person you are, this jealous, selfishly ambitious per- person. Don't cover that up, the truth of who you really are, by boasting and lying. And maybe it's something like this. As you become successful at the expense of other people, you'd say, God has given us success. Hogwash. That's what James is saying. And although he was a Jew, so he probably didn't use the word hog. But anyway, he said baloney. <laughs> well, baloney. I don't forget it. He said something in Hebrew that you wouldn't understand. So he says... You say, God has given us success. And he says, phooey. Okay, we can use that. The, 
It was just your selfish ambition that brought about your success at the expense of other people. Or you might say, God has helped us partner with our competition as you're reveling in your success. And, and James would say, phooey, you destroyed your competition so that they had to sell out to you. <laughs> He's saying, don't cover up your selfish ambition and your, your, your competitive jealousy where you have to conquer the other person in order to achieve success yourself and then cover it up with, with lying and boasting. So those are the two kind of wisdoms that he introduces. And now as we come to verses 15 through 18, he, he lays them out. And, and I want us to look at them a sec. And, and as, we, as we look at them, just ask ourselves, which one characterizes me? So in 15 he says, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Godly wisdom has nothing to do with, with jealousy and selfishness. The source of, we'll call it worldly wisdom, it says is earthly, natural, demonic. I mean, it, it actually comes from the devil himself because the end result is, as we see, the end result is, the end of verse 16, disorder and evil of every kind. Disorder and evil of every kind because the character that is at the heart of worldly wisdom is jealousy. It's envious of another's success rather than happiness for another's success. It's selfish ambition. It's success based on purely selfish motives, what it will achieve for me, not how it will also be a blessing to others. And so at the root of worldly wisdom is selfish ambition and, and envy and jealousy that leads to disorder and evil of every kind. As I... As I thought about this, I, 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 I thought of um, an article that I read in the paper last week about one of our, the largest companies in the United States of America, successful. And yet the article was about the horrific employee conditions in this company and how it's just this dog-eat-dog -dog world. And as I was talking to my wife, Cindy, about it, she related to me a friend of hers who worked at this company and left destroyed. And that's the culture of this company. It destroys people in order to bring about its success. Um, and so are we enamored by that success of worldly wisdom that has brought about incredible success? Or are we able to step back and say, but what has been the result of this ambition and this envy rooted in what I would say is demonic. <laughs> it might sound strong, but demonic because the end result has been catastrophic, horrendous, horrific consequences in the lives of tons of people for the success of this company and its founder. Um, that's worldly wisdom, and that's what worldly wisdom achieves. As I, when we began the Coffee Oasis uh, years ago, I, since I had only had six cups of coffee before we started the Coffee Oasis, I figured I should learn about coffee, um, and I have. I, I 
a little bit more addicted now. <laughs> the, uh, but I read on the history of coffee. I said, I want to learn about coffee. And it was horrible. As I read about the history of coffee and the impact, the negative impact, <laughs> the catastrophic impact that coffee and other things like chocolate have had on the third world, the farmers that grow it, for us to enjoy a cheap cup of coffee, might not seem cheap to you, but, and it isn't, but for us to enjoy coffee and at the same time help some people become incredibly wealthy, the expense on the part of coffee farmers and others has been horrible. Um, how do we look at that? We, it's so easy for, and I'm asking for us, I'm, the, the point of my message this morning isn't to get us riled up and, and want to picket or boycott, um, but it's for us to ask, what are we enamored by? Are, we, are you enamored by worldly wisdom? Um, it's hard not to be because we have gadgets that we use, right? <laughs> that we become dependent on. But so many of them have been produced by, by worldly wisdom and, and people who we see as successful but whose lives are horrible and whose lives have impacted in a horrific way other people. We've got to step back and say, what kind of wisdom do we want to uphold? On the other hand, we see here godly wisdom. The contrast is beautiful. Verse 17, it says, the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's also peace-loving. Um, it cultivates an environment of peace. It's gentle at all times. It's willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and it's always sincere, meaning what you see is what you get. You see success, and you know that at the heart of that success is character and concern for others and not just one's own success. But, but the most beautiful to me as it comes to verse 18 is the result of this godly wisdom that it says comes from above, it sources God, it's rooted in incredible godly character. The result in verse 18, it says, are peacemakers who will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And so it's a life poured out for others in a way that it will lead others as they see and, and, and as they observe our godly wisdom and way of conducting ourselves that flows out of that wisdom that comes from above, it will lead others into a relationship with God. It will make others see and say, I want that. I'm attracted by that. That's, that's what I want. Psalms and Proverbs both say, Psalm 111, Proverbs 9 says, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's, that's this wisdom that comes from above. The fear of the Lord, meaning a God-dominated life, will be a life of wisdom. Um, 
A person of wisdom will therefore be a person whose whole life, not just when we're in a Bible study or when we're talking with a group of Christians, but whose whole life, whether it's in business or social gatherings or financial dealings or um, personal issues, a person whose whole life is dominated by God and whose therefore life reflects God truth and God thinking in the way we carry out our lives. Why is this important? Well, it's important because of the result we see here. The result of worldly wisdom is is disorder and evil of every kind. And the result of godly wisdom is this harvest of righteousness. Harvest of righteousness. Let me give you some examples just to make you really uncomfortable this morning. I think of what James is calling us to in calling us to to want godly wisdom and godly success instead of worldly wisdom and worldly success. How many of us are too enamored by professional athletes who are athletically skilled but morally bankrupt? I mean, it's in the news every day. When are we going to stand for godly wisdom and say, I'm I'm not going to raw, raw root for somebody whose life is bankrupt but can catch a football or shoot a basketball? That's where the rubber meets the road when we got to say, I'm going to stand for godly wisdom instead of worldly wisdom or are we going to be sucked in by just what is successful and what makes us happy and what we want politicians who are charismatic and popular but but are taking bribes from special interest groups business people who build successful companies but do it in a dishonest way or to make maybe bring it home a little closer or, or a preacher who maybe has a successful ministry, but whose personal life is a lie. I mean, it it covers every aspect of life. So we might say, well, what does this have to do with us? Um, I'm not a professional athlete. I don't think I'll probably ever be. I certainly don't want to be a politician. (laughs) And I admire those who are good politicians. Um, What does this have to do with us? And and this is the heart of it. God is calling us, every one of us, whatever our sphere of life, to be individuals where godly wisdom permeates all of life. And to summarize it, where God's truth, as we're people of this book, as we're people like Solomon started out, who have listening hearts because... And, and, and we spend time in this book and we have hearts that are listening to God and asking God, God, how does, how does working with these people, how does running this business, how does living among these neighbors, how do I do that? How do I live out your truth in the midst of these people and, and this situation in a way that honors you, blesses other people? and maintains godly character. God, how do I do? God, give us listening hearts 
like Solomon. So whatever our, our lot in life, we can reflect God and bless other people. You know, Solomon started out as a great example, didn't he? But when he quit listening to God, what happened? When he started listening to God, it was incredible. People from all over the world came to, to sit at his feet and observe the incredible success of godly wisdom of a guy that listened to God. But then when he quit listening to God, it, it was catastrophic. It was disorder and evil of every kind. And when he died, the kingdom that God had so blessed, that was so successful, was, was wrenched. And 10 of the tribes that were under his rule were separated and and his kingdom was shattered because he quit listening to God. Are you pursuing God's wisdom in your life? Are we a people seeking, seeking God's wisdom and therefore there's people seeking our wisdom? People being blessed by our success because our success is about blessing other people? and seeing a harvest of righteousness. Our world desperately needs godly wisdom, wisdom from above. There's there's plenty of self-seeking, self-ambitious individuals, and and that's all that's driving their motives. Would would we be people that want to hear from God, want that to change who we are so that our lives, wherever they are, business, school, neighborhood, family, friends, people are seeing God and a harvest of righteousness is being produced. Let's pray. God, it's so easy to be sucked in by the thinking of the world and the, and the talk of the world and the environment of the world where it's, it's all about us and our success. And we might talk about wanting to bless other people, but really it's rooted in what we want and what will bless us. God, give us ears to hear your voice, hear your truth in a way that transforms us and blesses other people so people see you. People are drawn to you because we're a people that reflect you, your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen.